Welcome to Minnesota Cannabis Conversations, a podcast hosted by me, Jason Tarasek, a cannabis attorney with Minnesota Cannabis Law. This podcast aims to introduce you to the people in Minnesota involved in hemp, CBD, and medical marijuana. We'll also provide insights about efforts to legalize adult use marijuana in Minnesota. There's a lot going on in cannabis in Minnesota. And this podcast aims to educate, connect, and empower our community. Minnesota Cannabis Conversations is produced and distributed by Business of Cannabis, an award-winning cannabis media company. Up next on Minnesota Cannabis Conversations is Marin Schroeder. She is the past president, director, and co-founder of Sensible Minnesota, an advocacy group for uh, patients throughout Minnesota. She's also the policy director for Sensible Change Minnesota, which is the advocacy arm and lobbying group for Sensible. Marin has been involved from the infancy of the medical program. She is a tireless advocate for patients, and in this upcoming podcast, she discusses all the pieces of legislation that her group is working on, and it's a long list. Welcome to Minnesota Cannabis Conversations. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm fine, thank you. We are doing this via Zoom, so hopefully we are actually recording this. We've run into some technical trouble here, but we're going to figure it out. Uh, tell me, what is your connection to cannabis in Minnesota, Marin? Sure. I have been in the advocacy space since 2014, uh, originally with Minnesota Normal, and then in 2015 branched out to Start Sensible Minnesota, which is a 501c3 geared toward education and community outreach. Uh, In late 2018, I co-founded Sensible Change Minnesota, which is the policy uh, lobbying side of Sensible Minnesota, and I'm currently the policy director for that organization. Okay, so uh, you also do some, some lobbying, is that right? Yep, yep, that goes with the policy, with the policy director. So I lead our advocacy committee uh, which is a group of stakeholders uh, from various organizations, and then I am our lead lobbyist at the Capitol. Okay, so did you have involvement in crafting Minnesota's current medical marijuana program? I didn't. I came in right as it was getting passed. So all of the fun shenanigans and things happened right before I got involved. Okay. Have you, what have, what have you done um, since that law got passed in terms of trying to tweak it? Sure. Uh, we've worked pretty extensively through the administrative branch on, on improving the program as much as it can be improved. So we worked on uh, the addition of intractable pain. We successfully petitioned for post-traumatic stress disorder, Alzheimer's disease, autism spectrum disorder, and most recently chronic pain, as well as uh, dissolvable oral, uh, like edible products uh, as a delivery method. 
And then right. we, we were able to also make some small legislative changes in 2019, but there was definitely a learning curve <laughs> going into the Capitol for the first time. Yeah. Uh, would you describe yourself as a patient advocate? Yeah, yeah, I definitely, patients and consumers, I think, are at the forefront of, of everything that I do and how I look at policy um, in the realm of cannabis, whether it be medical or adult use. Are, are you a patient in the program yourself? I am. I am a patient, and so is my mom. Okay. Um, so tell us what... Um, what has Sensible done in the past? I know I've attended a couple conventions that you've put on, but tell some of our listeners who may not have had the good fortune of attending those, what, what Sensible does in the community aside from lobbying. Sure. Um, we do our annual or biannual uh, Minnesota Cannabis Summit, which is a one-day conference um, for advocates, the industry, patients, providers. We try to provide a really wide array of topics. Um, that are kind of applicable across the board. We also do community outreach, uh, tabling at various events. Uh, we go out and speak to various groups. I'm actually speaking next week at the Mayo Clinic School of Medicine. Oh boy, that doesn't uh, sound intimidating at all. No, no, it doesn't. They've asked me to come in and speak on the drug war, <laughs> so, which is the broadest possible the broadest possible category they could give me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we also run a patient advocacy program where patients can contact us for help getting into the program, finding a doctor, navigating the technology um, with questions about it, patient protection issues. And to date, I believe we're at just over like 600 patients that that program has worked with or had contact with in one, one way or another. Okay. So um, I, you and I talk frequently. You may not know that I've met with uh, Representative Edelson recently. She was on the podcast earlier today. I was talking with Kelly King. So you know those names. Tell our listeners what you have brewing in terms of legislation for this upcoming session. Sure. We have all sorts of legislation brewing. Um, we have a bill with Representative Edelson um, with also Minnesota Medical Solutions that would add raw cannabis, uh, raw cannabis flour as a delivery method in the program. Right now, that is statutorily prohibited. Uh, we would also create a framework for delivery and uh, mobile distribution centers. So like think of bookmobile only secured and with medical mm. cannabis instead of books uh, to we, reach. Yeah. To reach those patients out in, out in rural, rural areas. Um, and then we also have some modifications to the qualifying conditions that'll be going into that bill, making it easier for like a cancer patient or a terminally ill patient to qualify for the program under the list of qualifying conditions. Okay, um, so I sometimes like to jump in here. You mentioned Minnesota Medical Solutions, otherwise known as MidMed. They and LeafLine are the two medical cannabis, what are they called, distributors in the state? Manufacturers. Man Thank you. Manuf I knew it was a, a sort of a word that didn't make a ton of sense. Um, <laughs> and how about um, 
CBD and medical marijuana in the schools. That's what Kelly King is interested in. Are you guys working on anything related to that? Yeah, we have. Um, I, I've been talking with Kelly pretty frequently and uh, kind of coaching her from the background, right? And telling her who to contact to gain support for the bill, uh, throwing out ideas of chief authors, and uh, just kind of kind of helping her along when we get to the to the point of hearings and showing up and all of that stuff. Um, we'll definitely be there to testify, will, you know, provide those letters of support for the legislation. Uh, but I think with that issue, it's super important that the people that are affected directly by that policy are the ones that are on the face of it. So Kelly and some of the other moms with children taking CBD or medical cannabis products really need to be at the forefront of that discussion. So I've, uh, me and my team have kind of stepped back into a support role for that legislation. Okay. Well, uh, off microphone after Kelly and I did our podcast earlier today, I told her, boy, if there's any chance you can get your son up to the legislature to testify, I'd like to see those legislators say no to Cade King after he gets done <laughs> testifying. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> no pressure, Cade, if you're listening, but I, I <laughs> I've seen how effective it, it can be when uh, the person ultimately impacted by the law is actually the one asking for the change. So, yeah. uh, okay. Anything else percolating that you'd like to tell our listeners about? Uh, yeah, we actually have two other bills that we've been working on with Senator Franzen. Um, one is additional program modifications and the other is patient protections. So, some of the program modifications are more controversial uh, than what Representative Edelson wanted to consider for this year. So uh, Representative Gomez has actually agreed to chief author these two bills. I just got news of that about 30 minutes ago. All right, breaking um, news. Breaking news. Yep, breaking news. Um, so that will do some things like changing the low income registration fee from $50 to $0, um, creating an opiate replacement program. So Illinois has a really cool program where doctors can certify patients with opiate uh, needs for 90 days. And so we want to emulate that. Um, making a modification to permit people with controlled substance offense convictions uh, when they've completed their sentence, make them eligible to work in the medical cannabis industry. That's kind of a restorative justice measure. Um, and then increasing the number of manufacturers in the state of Minnesota. So Minnesota has two medical cannabis manufacturers, which is the lowest number uh, throughout the country. I think Louisiana maybe also has two. It was either Louisiana or Arkansas. And those are like state run uh, at their colleges. So we have two private uh, manufacturers and we would be looking to up that to at least four um, so that we kind of have a rotation. Uh, if we you know, are successful in getting flower and raw, canna flower and raw cannabis added, um, that will provide for more variety for patients. Um, it should help bring down the price, <laughs> I hope, um, and then kind of start building this industry that, you know, 30-ish other states have that we've been kind of sleeping on since we passed this initial law. 
Um, so that's kind of the bigger pro program modifications that we're looking at. Um, and then we're really excited to run a patient protections bill, uh, which is going to be more difficult to get through the Senate than I think uh, the bill that Representative Edelson has and even some of the provisions in the program modifications. Uh, the patient protections bill would enhance the civil, uh, the civil patient protections. So right now there's an anti-discrimination provision in, in the law that um, prevents patients or should prevent patients from being discriminated against in housing, employment, um, child protection, necessary medical care, some of those things. But what we've found over the last uh, five years with this program is that while it's really nice to have those things written into the law, they have no teeth. Um, so those patient protections get violated on a fairly regular basis. Uh, so we want to get some statutory damages, attorney's fees, injunctive relief, um, a pr protection on retaliation. We want to get all of that written into the law um, to hopefully help patients pursue those discrimination claims. Excellent. Uh, as a plaintiff's lawyer myself, I could tell you that when a statute has attorneys, an attorney's fees provision for the prevailing party, whatever uh, right is bestowed by that statute becomes a lot more powerful. So that sounds like an excellent idea. Yep, yep. And then uh, that, was, that was exactly our thought. I, my background is as a paralegal, so I've seen a lot of these cases come through where, the, where we know the patient can't pay the hourly, but there's no, when there's no statutory damages, we have the attorneys I've worked with have very little incentive mm -hmm. um, when they can't afford to pursue those claims uh, on a pro or pro bono basis. Right. Well, um, you and Sensible have a full plate here. Oh, I'm not done. Oh, oh my goodness. Keep going. Um, so in the patient protections, we're also asking for a cannabis necessity defense. Um, so someone gets caught for criminal conduct right now. They can't say I was using this for medical. Um, and we would like to change that. Uh, the Second Amendment protection. So right now there's kind of a question over whether or not Second Amendment protects patients or not. We're trying to enhance that to say, yes, patients can have guns. Uh, so long as their rights haven't been taken away for something else, um, mm -hmm. providing protections for patients on probation or conditional court release. Um, and then we're kind of throwing around the idea of reciprocity. So patients from other states that are, say, visiting Mayo Clinic would be authorized to possess and purchase medical cannabis in Minnesota. I'm not 100% sure that that provision is going to go forward, but we're, we're hoping it will. Okay, so you obviously know that we have a divided legislature. The House is controlled by the Democrats. Republicans are controlled by the, um, by the Republicans. Do you have Republican authors lined up in the Senate for any of these? Um, for Edelson's bill, we are working on, um, working on Republican chief author. It sounds like Senator Franzen is going to take the rest of this, which is definitely going to make it far more difficult to get through. Um, but we have, we have some strategies in our back pocket, you know, that, um, that could help us, help us along the way, you know, getting as much of this written into law as possible. All right. Well, I have faith in you. Um, you, I believe are one of the 
best, most effective patient advocates in the state. I have every belief that you're going to get this done. Um, thank you for joining us on Minnesota Cannabis Conversations. I'd love to check in with you in a few weeks to see all, how this legislation's going. Uh, it'll provide a, a neat snapshot for our listeners to kind of follow the life of these bills. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Okay, and I'll be sure to drop some links to Sensible's website um, in the Minnesota Cannabis Law uh, podcast page. And Marion Schroeder, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Jason. All right, have a great day. You too. You have just listened to Minnesota Cannabis Conversations, a podcast by me, Jason Tarasek, a cannabis attorney with Minnesota Cannabis Law. Minnesota Cannabis Conversations is produced and distributed by Business of Cannabis. Learn more about Jason at minnesotacannabislaw.com and find all things related to the business of cannabis at businessofcannabis.ca. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.